0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.TV. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking White Sox baseball today on this Thursday, December 21st, as Christmas draws ever closer. Scott Birkin joins us uh, on the podcast today. Scott, our White Sox reporter for MLB.com, and Scott, as always, we thank you for the time. I think uh, you know the the place to start here, Scott, is obviously with. Uh, I don't want to call it. It's you know. It's it's not. It's not news. It was all just rumors and speculation. But for a couple of days, you heard talks about you know the White Sox and Manny Machado. And I think that as we talk here on this Thursday, the Orioles have kind of given up uh hopes on on dealing Machado because their asking price was sky high for a guy who was just going to be a, a basically a one-year rental before he hits a free agency in a, in 2018. But going back, you know, when when these rumors got started. How did they get started, and was there ever any real legitimacy to Rick Con, you know, seriously contemplating giving up some of his prized uh, farm prospects uh, to get one of the elite players in the game?
1: They definitely had interest. There's there's no question about that. But there's a difference between inter- I mean, let, let's cut start to the beginning. Manny Machado is, I've used this phrase a couple times, a generational talent. You know, yeah. he's an unbelievable player. He's as good defensively as he is offensively. I know he struggled a little bit at the beginning of last year, but a, a great franchise type player, but there's a difference in what you're willing to trade for Manny Machado for one year in the middle of a rebuild. than if you had the chance to kind of negotiate and do a multi-year deal with him, which again, probably doesn't make a lot of sense when he's coming upon, you know, what could be a very lucrative free agent deal. So the Sox were interested, but I can say with almost near certainty that they were not giving up. Yoan Moncada, they weren't giving up Eloy Jimenez. They weren't giving up Michael Kopech. They weren't giving up Lucas Giolito, insert name there of, you know, top four or five prospects that they were not trading for one year of control. The White Sox have worked very hard, very diligently, and pretty much expertly to date to kind of reshape this franchise. You know, their goal is not to win the wild card in 2018 and have an outside shot of maybe getting to a, you know, divisional series and then getting eliminated and saying, well, we almost, that, that might've been a little that that was never the goal, but that might've been a successful season in the past. Their success now is based on, competing for championships every year, you know, it's hard to win every year, but competing every year. And if that means a couple down years and then maybe a year where you're starting to make progress and then 2020, there it is. That's what they're looking for. So I think there was interest. I think they made an offer. I don't think it had, you know, and I'm not taking away from any players who might've been offered and that also good players, but not guys who possibly were going to change the franchise. And, you know, in that sense, I mean, they're not going to. Rick said this a number of times on that Thursday without talking about Machado specifically. That Thursday, I should say, of the winter meetings, the last day in Orlando, and that they're not going to. Their goal is long term success, and they're not going to suddenly rechange the focus in the middle of this process. And they basically are in the middle of this process right now.
0: And, uh, you know, Scott, I know uh, let's play a game here of, uh, of what if, as outlandish and crazy as this suggestion may sound. Let's say, for instance, that Manny Machado tells his agent, you know what? If the White Sox want me, I'm going to sign a 10-year insert number of money here extension with the team, and they've got me for the, you know, if not the rest of my career, the prime of my career. You know, if, if that agreement was in place, do you see Rick Hahn then saying, all right, you know what, you can have our top three guys, you can have a Moncada, a Jimenez, a Giolito, or do you still say that Rick Hahn sticks to the plan and, and passes on having 10 years of Manny Machado?
1: Well, it's an interesting, it's a great hypothetical act, actually. And I don't want to speak for Rick because he's got the plan, but I would say the, the talent return is different. And again, you don't want to diminish anyone who is offered. They're also very good players, but in terms of like, let's say prospect rankings or young player rankings, the talent return has got to be different. If you're getting one year of a guy in a, in a season you don't really intend to contend versus 10 years of a guy who could be the cornerstone, of, you know, a multi-championship run. So obviously the package is a little different there. But again, I don't know to what extent it would be and I don't think, you know, like you said, very hypothetical and I don't know if that's going to play out unless like Machado just has some huge affinity for the city of Chicago. And, you know, why not? It's a great city. Sure. But I, <laughs> I, I think he also has an affinity for testing the free agent market from mm-hmm. what I've seen and heard and a lot of players are that way, you know, and you don't you can't blame them. You know, really you can't blame anyone in this case. You can't blame the Sox for wanting to make a play for a guy who could possibly give you a leg up on signing him in the future if you have him for a full season, who can help these young kids learn how to win. Because no one in the organization wants to lose. It's just part of the process of development. But even you know the young players, they know what's going on. They know the, the rebuild. But it's not like they go out there every day and they say, oh, you know, we're 10 and 26 now. This is awesome. We're going to win in two years. They want to win that day. There's no question about it. So Machado helps that. You can't blame Machado, who's worked this hard to get to free agency, if he wants to test the free agent waters and see what he can get. And you certainly can't blame the Orioles, even with one year of contractual control of trying to get as much as they possibly can, and maybe even asking what could be deemed unreasonable remands for him because there's no, you don't have to trade him right now. I mean, maybe they still want it. They still feel like they can contend this year. They, They can trade him at the trade deadline, you know, if they have to, but I think all parties involved were just doing their, you know, their work trying to make things better, and at, at this point, as we're taping this, it doesn't look like it's going to happen right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it never hurts to, uh, you know, kick the tires, so to say, sure. and just, just uh, to see what's out there, but uh, there is a definite uh, blueprint in place in Chicago, and Rick Hahn is sticking to it, and uh, you know what? Not every prospect pans out, but when you get the cream exactly. of the crop from, you know, the Cubs farm system and the Red Sox and and the Nationals, you know, when you get their top guys you're onto something good, so you don't want to let... Well, you I know, think we've
1: mentioned this before yeah. in the podcast, but, you know, Jerry Reinser, the owner of the White, the White Sox chairman, a couple of years ago said, you know, because of that, you know, you have to get, like, 15 or 16 to make sure you have, like, four or five yes. that actually pan out. Hey, there's a lot of guys who we've, you know, we've seen over time, Matt, that look tremendous in the minor leagues, cannot miss, and then for some reason, they get to the majors and they might have one or two good seasons and then they just don't, they don't pan out or they become a utility guy. And the Sox realized that, and that's why... They're getting so many players, you know, to to add to this critical mass. They're relying on, you know, a top four draft pick this year under Nick Hostetler, you know, who's the scouting director for the White Sox, and maybe another high draft pick in the next draft. So a lot of options to add. And the last thing they want to do is subtract some of the big guys they got just for one year of a guy who they may or may not be able to influence to stay longer after the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, in no other sports is drafting more uneven and more of an inexact science than baseball. So... You know, I love Reinstorf's theory about get 15 or 16 guys and hope four or five of them stick, and then you got yourself the core of a very good team, and that is certainly the plan in Chicago. So, Scott, it appears that, uh, you know, Manny Machado is not going to be wearing the pale hose in 2018. Do you see anything else up Rick Hahn's sleeve right now, even something, you know, if not earth-shattering, maybe something under the radar a little bit uh, between now and spring training?
1: Well, I think, Matt, we can all agree that the market's been a little slow to develop, and possibly because... And excuse me, there's been some trade machinations out there, you know, Machado waiting to see, you know, Longoria got traded. So those things are kind of coming to an end right now. So I think, you know, where the Sox are looking, they're not looking at right now, for the most part, multi-year guys. You know, Wellington Castillo, we've talked about him in other podcasts that that worked out where they didn't even expect it to work out. They had interest in him and it, it, it panned out for, you know, a two-year deal with an option. So I think that's kind of the high side of where they're looking. So the players they're probably looking at for one year or maybe one year in an option may not pan out until January or maybe even early February. You know, they need relief help. They probably need another starting pitcher, if not two, maybe kind of a swing guy who could start and relieve. And the market they're looking at, it you know, maybe something comes to fruition, you know, before the end of the year. But I think you're looking more January or February for some of these guys to come to the White Sox.
0: Yeah, very slow-developing, slow-moving uh, free agent for market. Sure. In 2017 into 2018, uh, for whatever reason, but hopefully things do pick up uh, after the turn of the new year uh, in less than two weeks. Well, Scott, uh, let's get into the holiday spirit with Christmas only uh, four days away here, and some uh, fun Christmassy questions to throw your way. The first one being, it's one of my favorites to ask uh, all the reporters, what player on the White Sox roster right now would make the very best department store Santa Claus?
1: Well, I don't think any of them have the girth to play the (laughs) image of Santa, first of all, but I think if you're looking – the one thing about the White Sox that they've developed is they have a lot – they have a really good clubhouse, a good – a lot of good people in there. So I think any of them have the good nature to do it. I would probably pick Jose Abreu just from the interaction I've seen with him with kids through charitable things or just, you know, talking to fans in the stands. Avi Garcia is another good one. And Yomer Sanchez, who's got the Christmas – the holiday spirit, Christmas spirit – the entire year round, I think, would be them, But I, I'd go with Jose Abreu, I think, for that answer.
0: Yeah, uh, some some very uh, good options there for
1: sure. Uh, Scott, question
0: two. Uh, there's there's players on every team and every clubhouse that, uh, that sing after every game or think they can sing. Sometimes it's a fine line. So with that in mind, uh, if the White Sox had a Christmas caroling group going door to door, what players would be front and center in that caroling group?
1: Well, if you asked me early in season last year, I would have an easy answer for you. Miguel Gonzalez, who's a very accomplished uh, mariachi singer. Wow. So he would have been a great answer. He's a free agent right now, so I can't include him. Giovanni Soto is another guy who you always heard singing in the clubhouse. It was actually pretty good. It's another one. I I think I'm just going to go with Sanchez just because he's just got that kind of exuberance, that youthful exuberance that he'd probably be able to pull it off even if he didn't have a good voice. So I think he'd be into it even if he wasn't a good singer, so I'm going to put him in there. But if they get Gonzalez, if they somehow bring him back as one of those starters that I was talking about, then we we move him to the top as the Christmas carol singer. Uh, There we
0: go. And for Sanchez, sometimes, you know, the effort can make up for the lack of talent. Exactly. That's how
1: I look at it because I can't sing at all. But, hey, I still try karaoke. A
0: for effort. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Scott, to come down the home stretch here, uh, of course, as we all know from uh, the movie A Christmas Story. All Ralphie wanted for Christmas more than anything else was that precious Red Ryder BB gun. So for the White Sox this offseason, and maybe it's a tricky question to answer given their rebuilding mode, but what would be their Red Ryder BB gun this winter?
1: Well, I think instead of going for a player or a position, I'm going to go with patience. Okay. Because this is kind of the developmental stage of the rebuild. They have a lot of players. They're still going to add some more through draft and probably more deals as, as the season goes on. But this is the time where they have to be patient and watch these guys develop And then eventually see where they have to kind of fill in through, you know, trades of younger players for established veterans or free agent signings. So I think patience is what they need for this year. I think patience is what they have too. Love
0: the answer. And uh, Scott, the, the final one here, sometimes a player and a team's fan base might need to kiss and make up after having a rough season. So which player and again, this might be tricky to answer given where the White Sox are, but is there a player on this team that maybe had a rough 2017 that needs to step under that mistletoe and, uh, you know, kiss and make up and start fresh for next year?
1: Well, it's funny, man, if you'd have done it a year ago, Avi Garcia would have been the answer. Yeah. You know, he had struggled to live up to potential, and there was even some talk maybe he would be non-tendered. And now he's an all-star ADRBI guy. I think he had the third highest average in all of baseball last year behind Altuve and Blackman. So there's no making up there. He's now a fan. He's, He's got the seal of approval from every fan. You know, I guess the only one I could think of is probably James Shields who has struggled some, not struggled some, has struggled quite a bit his first year and not as bad last year since joining the White Sox. I can't say enough about what a good guy James Shields is and what a consummate veteran is and how many young pitchers have told me how much of an influence he has over them. But I'm sure the White Sox would like to see, even in a rebuilding year, a little more competitive status. And he was, he did show that at the end of last year and by you know changing his arm angle a little bit so i think he's back on that way to reinventing himself and being competitive and you got to give the guy credit because he got hit with a line drive last year on the mound and made his next start so the toughness the knowledge the grit the you know just the spirit is there just probably need a little more results but that's the only one i could think of and even james made a you know a turnaround in 2017
0: yeah, I mean, a, a guy that uh, wants to get back to living up to that big game, James' uh, nickname, and maybe uh, 2018 is the year that he does just that. Scott Merkin, great stuff from you as always. A happy holiday to you and yours, and uh, we'll do it again after the turn of the new year in 2018, which is not that far away, hard to believe. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras Chicago White Sox.